Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. We are super blessed that you can join us today here on Shouts of Grace. And if you are a first-time listener, we want to say welcome and let you know that you can catch up on uh, many uh, past broadcasts. We have about 135 of them. You can go to shoutsofgraceradio.com. That's shoutsofgraceradio.com, and you'll have a whole host of topics, um, everything from um, certain scripture, things that are happening in, in our social environment, and we take those things and we apply a biblical worldview to them. And um, if you are a return listener, we want to say thank you and uh, and and really thank you for, for your support, as well as a shout-out to Key Radio for use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. Well, I am going to start off by letting you know that this is pre-recorded, and this is being pre-recorded the day before election day. And so we have no idea who's going to win this election tomorrow. Um, but we want to talk about what that looks like afterwards as Christians. And so as as typical, I have um, in studio, I have Pastor Joe Funicello from um, Redemption Hill Church. How are you doing, brother? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you, Good, Pastor good. And, and, and as also, um, usually I'll have a guest, uh, one of my pastor friends from around the country. And today, we have a good friend of mine, gosh, going years back, uh, Pastor Louis Cruzado from Calvary Chapel in Denver, Colorado. What's up, my brother? Hey, glad to be here, man. Yeah, glad uh, glad, glad you are. And man, it's been a while since we've actually, it's been a few years since we've actually been in, been in each other's face, like personally, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been a while. And you got kids there. I'm, I'm watching you on social media, all the little kids that used to be in back in the day in California, used to be in, in, little, in little strollers and cribs, are all grown up and and like moving yeah. out in the world. So, wow, man. It's they awesome. are, man. Cool. Well, hey, Louis, what I want to do today is, is, is I want to talk to people in the aftermath of where, you know, re- regardless of, of what, because um, we don't know what happened last Tuesday because we're not, we're on here here on the weekend and, and, and right. um, you know, we're actually recording this on Monday. And so we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, which was actually four days ago, if you're listening to this. But anyway, um, Louis, I, I want to talk about uncertainty and what it does uh, to the human mind and what it, what it can do to Christians. And, 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 you know, more, more specifically, how we need to have our eyes fixed on the Lord who, who sits on a throne that's really unshakable and un, um, just really unmarked by anything that happens in this world. Because when we have times like this election that just passed, um, you're, you're going to have half of the country and, and many Christians that are just going to be in turmoil internally and they're in fearful and they're wondering what does this mean what's going on and and perhaps you know we, we don't know but perhaps you know they're watching their TVs right now and they're seeing social unrest and it's unraveling and and all the stuff that comes with that and so as, as Christians we are really called to be a part of a different kingdom Jesus said and so what I want to do is kind of push push this off by by reading a section of scripture and then I'm going to toss it in, into your lap for some discussion between the three of us in Isaiah chapter 6, um, starting in verse 1, Israel had become 
um, normalized with their with their political system and their leadership, particularly their king, King Isaiah, who I think reigned longer than any other king over over fifty years, and, and he was a good king. The Bible says so. They're used to having a good king in place and all the normalcy that comes with that. And then he died because every king dies, <laughs> and and right. and and they're they're. Their, their uncertainty arises. And so it says in, in chapter 6, verse 1, it says, In the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. So in the year that the earthly throne had somebody depart from it, Isaiah saw a heavenly throne, and the same one sat on it. Talk about the need for perspective in times like this that we're dealing with as a nation for Christians to have? Well, I think, you know, a, a lot that's happening right now is that our country is divided and they're divided politically. Um, they're divided morally on, on moral characteristics. But what we're finding more now than ever in the church is that the church is equally divided as well. And a lot of these social issues, cultural issues, political issues, um, it's crept its way into the church. And, and this has happened periodically throughout um, the history of the church here in the West. But I, I, I think more now than ever, because of that division, it, it's caused a lot, of, um, a lot of issue in the church. And, uh, and as we head into this election uh, season and this time, I think a lot of Christians are uh, uncertain about what this is going to look like. They're fearful. They're frustrated. They're, uh, there's uncertainty. And as a result of that, I think that there's a lot of uh, uh, worry and anxiousness and fear. And, uh, you know, that passage that you just read, I think hits it on the head, is in a time of uncertainty, in a time of great calamity or, or d- discouragement. Um, so let's say the, the vote doesn't go the way we want. Um, uh, that we have to keep fix our eyes on the Lord, just like Isaiah did. Hmm. You know, Joe, uh, what Louis mentions this division in the church amongst Christians. Where does this come from? Because because my understanding, I mean, in, in the perfect world, in the perfect Christian world, you know, the, just the I just the word church, ecclesia, to be called out from the idea that we're called out from the world. We're not supposed to think like the world or act like the world, which by nature is divisive. The Christians are supposed to be united. Where is this coming from? Because Louis is 100% right. We are more divided in the church today than we've ever been. And my fear is we've turned a page to make division and divisiveness in the church commonality, which poses a huge problem for people that are supposed to be building God's kingdom in an, in an undivisible manner. Where does this come from? Is, is, it, is it a lack of devotion on people? Is it a worldliness that seeped in? What, what do you think about that? Well, you know, um, I, I, I think if you look at uh, society today, and, and, and if you go back 150 years, you don't have the input of television, radio, social media. And so you actually have a whole group of people being taught things that aren't necessarily true. If you go around the channel, you will hear things over and over. So that has an input, and there is a competition between what they hear on Sunday, what they have at Bible studies, what they talk to their mm. Christian friends, and then what they're receiving from the rest of the stuff. So they have to be very careful on what they bring in. They have to have that grid and that filter ready. Hmm. And I think it, it actually taints, and, I've, and, and you and I have talked about this, it taints people to, to actually uh, hold on to things that, you know, maybe aren't, well, they're not true. 
and they hold on to them like they are. And, and they, when you do two, three, four hours a day of something else, and it's not what is a basic biblical truth and understanding, you get tainted. You get, you hmm. get conformed. 150 years ago, nobody's dealing with this, or hmm. what, 70 years ago, you right. know? And right. so now, bingo, right. things have changed. Louis just said something interesting. He said that that what people hear in society today, Christians included, is in competition with what they hear on Sundays. Um, how have you seen that truth, and how does that impact your ability to 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 teach people a biblical worldview, but not just teach them, but have them grab onto it? Like, is that is are are we really living in that day and age where the world has such an impact on believers? That, that they can't discern what what the voice of the Lord is? Well, I think, I think what we have to realize, too, is uh, just as Joe was talking about with the influence of information and misinformation and uh, for the last 50 years, if you go back and look at the history of the church here in the West, um, the, the church has been se- severely uh, compromised theologically, doctrinally, ethically, um, both in, in what it believes but how it lives. You know, Europe is a postmodern era. Um, of Christianity, and we're finding that in the West here as well, mm. where the church that once had a very solid ground biblically, theologically, and doctrinally, now it's wavered. So you have liberal Christians, and you have conservative Christians. And uh, and so what happens is now you have believers that are, that are young in the Lord, they're not grounded in the Word, and they begin to buy into this false idea of liberal theology and liberal doctrine, and begin to believe things that aren't even biblical. So... and. Go, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and so, you know, I, I think that as a pastor, that one of the most important aspects is to continue to teach truth and speak truth. And just like we have new Christians that come to the church, you're going to have liberal Christians that come to the church. You're going to have different, uh, at least in Calvary Chapel, we're a non-denominational church. So there's a vast uh, uh, groups of people. We have Catholics, we have Baptists, we have Lutherans. And and so as we teach uh, just the, the truth of God's word contextually, what happens is all these topics eventually come up and, and you get to speak them into people's lives and you pray that the, it takes root in their heart and their mind. So, so in, in, in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, it says, do not love the world. Now, now this is to Christians, right? This is a command. This right. isn't a suggestion. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone, here is a 90-mile-an-hour fastball right between the eyes. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away, but the one who does the will of God remains forever. And so I find it it very hard, Joe and Louis, I find it hard— during this day, when we—and you're right, Louis, we talk about this liberal, conservative view, but but God doesn't look at it liberal and conservative. He looks at it. There's the world, its philosophies, its approvals, its ideologies, all of it, and none of it is of the Father, right? And and, and, I, right. and I think there, the truth is all of us to some extent—and you brought up a great point, Louis—all of us to some extent— have portions of the world embedded in our psyche, in our mind, in our ideology. And the idea mm-hmm. is that God is always weeding that out in this in this right. sanctification thing. And so all of us are we're, we're naive if we don't think the world hasn't impressed us in some way because we live in it. And so what I want to talk about on the other side of the break is the importance 
to separate ourselves from the way the world thinks, its ideologies, its ways of living, and and to still have a say in in as far as using the gospel to still still have a say in how people ought to direct their lives because because Joe you said something right the world is in opposition to us in social media on on the news and it is infecting Christians and and frankly I'm kind of taken back by some of the positions that believers hold in mm-hmm. in when it comes to life just just the right. basic thing yeah. the one that gave life we don't even see it the same way anymore. So let's talk a little bit more about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We will be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. Super blessed you can join us today. I'm in studio today with Pastor Joe Funicello from, what's the name of our church? (laughs) (laughs) Senior moment. (laughs) Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. Um, And on the phone with a a dear friend of mine, Louis Cruzado from Calvary Chapel, Denver, uh, Colorado. I do know that state and that city. Um, And before the break, we were just talking about this idea during this real tumultuous time that we live in and people... Just in the church, grabbing on to false narratives, false ideas, ideologies that are contrary to Christianity and making them their own. And, and it's just how it's how it's infecting or how it's 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 really kind of aiding division and divisiveness in the church. And my fear is, like I said, when we started out, is that maybe we've turned a corner. That's almost impossible for us to turn back. And where do we go from here? And, and I don't know on that. But but Louis, but before we took the break, um, we were just talking about this idea that that in God's eyes, there, there really isn't a liberal and conservative. There's a worldliness and a godliness, and you align right. yourself with one. So, so to those that struggle in this area because they have compassion on the woman's body who should have a right to choose, right? And, and that's kind of how it's put. But they call themselves Christians, like, but they're aligning themselves with ideas that—, that just aren't biblical they're worldly how do we bring unity or is there just a there's just a line in the sand and this is just it and you want to be faithful to god this is what you do like how how do we how do we make sense of all this well i think i think as pastors uh, it's our job to communicate truth and we communicate it from the word of god and we do so with uh, without apology we do so in truth um, but as we speak truth we got to do it in love um, again this 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 uh, this what you just said isn't new you know i mean there's been boyfriends and girlfriends going to church they've been sleeping together and they shouldn't be there's all kinds of different sins right. and things in the church that people are doing contrary to god's word and so like anything else it, it's our job to to point out truth from God's word and then challenge people. And then as, as issues like this come up, we, we will debate, we'll, we'll sit down, we'll sharpen each other, we'll speak the truth of God's word. And ultimately, what we really only have is the power of influence. And so we seek to influence, we allow the Holy Spirit to take the truth of God's word and to implant that in the hearts and minds of those that are the hearers to it. Amen. Um, Joe, Psalm 46 um, verse one, it says, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. 
Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Um, it goes on to say in verse 3, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. And Joe, during times like this, when we see runs on stores and we see, um, you know, people going and, and hoarding because they're unable to temper their fear with the unexpected of what the future holds. And they're just they're reacting in ways that seem irrational, long lines, buying everything up. And um, what do you say to the Christian that is tempted to jump on to that train and act like the world when you have a clear command in Scripture here in Psalm 46, which really aligns with Isaiah chapter 6, that God exists in a place that is unmoved, unmoved, unshaken by what happens in a political race or anything else that happens in the world. How do we get people's minds back on that? Well, I I think it's like, uh, anything in, in, in Christianity, a sheep, um, uh, we need to continually be reminded of what's right and what's true and who's on the throne. Because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Proverbs uh, thirteen twelve says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. There's going to be um, uh, a lot of sick people on one side of the spectrum or the other, politically, right? Because right. somebody's going to win. And I think if you are, um, you have uh, believers, it's okay to have those desires come in where you're like, oh my gosh, you know, d- defeat it. It's like whatever, uh, whether it's a football game, your team or whatever, you go, oh man, I can't believe. And this is even a bigger arena and, and, and has more consequences. So whatever way it goes, there, there's going to be people on each side. But I think the for the, for the believer, um, constantly be reminded who's on the throne constantly reminded who's the anchor of our souls and then we continually go to him because if we lose sight of him being high and lifted up like isaiah said then 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 as i'm speaking in general as christians then we're going to run around and we are going to be afraid and we're all going to you know do these these things but it's the constant reminder it never changes god's on the throne and let's turn um, and, and look back to him. Whatever state you're in as a Christian, fearful or what in this, always looking back who's on that throne. Amen. Louis, um, I think one of the things that we've seen in the in the last couple of years leading up to, to, to where we're at today is, and, and regardless if it's the world or the church, there seems to be an overemphasis, or in, in my opinion, an overemphasis, maybe I'm wrong, or a misplaced trust in, in having a certain leader in place, a certain party in place. It's almost as if America's salvation depends on having the right political party and the right, right. leader of that political party in place. And I've just right. seen a lot of misplaced trust on the side of believers. Talk about what needs to happen there. Talk about the need for what what we need to be looking at. Right. Well, I think first what's important for, for listeners and for believers is to understand and um, the majority of church history never lived under uh, any kind of uh, 
Christian or conservative rule. <laughs> they've right. always been under a monarchy or they've always been under a dictatorship or they've always been under, uh, um, you know, wicked governments like Rome, let's say. So we need to realize that the church, the early church and, and throughout church history, most of the time Christians live under uh, uh, really perilous uh, conditions. And so we have to remember we're blessed because of our country and the country that we're in, but our hope isn't in our country. Our hope is in the Lord. Hmm. And that's, that's always the, the that's always the case. We always fall back onto what's true and that's to get our eyes fixed on Jesus. You know, again, that passage you mentioned in Isaiah 6, um, it was a time of great, it was prosperous, there was a great king, great leadership, and the moment he died, everything went crazy. People were fearful. Isaiah, the prophet of God, was fearful. And it was in that season of time that the Lord had to re-get his attention, refocus his attention. And that was to get his eyes fixed on the Lord. So for us as the church, as believers in the Lord, we need to remember our hope isn't in, in the, the arm of the flesh or in a king or in a man. Our hope is in Jesus. Amen. Our hope is in the Lord. And we also realize that as, uh, you know, I think based on your eschatology, but for us, you know, we, we know that as we get closer to the return of Christ, that things aren't going to be getting better. Most likely things are going to get worse. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so we're going to fix our eyes on the Lord and uh, we're going to hunker down. And more now than ever before, we need to be determined no matter what happens, the gospel, the kingdom of God is what we focus on and live for. That's Amen. our mission. Amen. Louis, you and I were at the same church in California when uh, 2001 hit, and um, and we saw <laughs> right. we saw the sanctuary like fill up and overnight oh, because man. people were like, ah, you know. And then no 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 sooner does that urgency kind of die down, and the urgency to right. go to church dies down, and people kind of goes back to normal. And you right. know, scri- scripture does talk about you know in the end times there's going to be a departing from the faith, right? And and I'm right. and, and, and I'm wondering you know as a pastor in um in in, in Denver you know. And, and, I, and I certainly don't mean this in any in, in, in a bad way by saying that coronavirus obviously is deadly. Obviously, it's caused a lot of problems, and, and we get that. But but I also see something else happening. I see I see people, um, some people using it as just the latest and next excuse as to why they can't fellowship, why they can't go to church. And so um, that right. I, I, I don't know the, the the ratio of that. But in the last couple minutes, we have. Can you talk about because because people will look at the tumultuous times of of this, you know, this political thing and the aftermath and what's happening in the streets and all this turmoil and people might have this sense of, well, let's let's return to church. Can you just talk to our audience about the need to not return to a church, but to return to a person? And there's a difference between the four walls of a church that never bled for you and the person who bled for you. Talk about the need of focusing on that relationship in the last minute and a half that we have. Right. You know, we just taught Mark 1 um, verses 16 through through 20 or so this past weekend. And, and one of the things we learned in that passage is when Jesus went and picked the apostles to come follow him, he picked the 12. He said, come and follow me. And, and we read that he did so that they might become fishers of men, uh, that they would live for the, 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 king, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And what we read is it says that they immediately left their nets, they left their families, and they followed him. And one of the things that we need to realize is that there is always going to be a price to being a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to come back to following after him. And like you said, it's not about filling the pews or it's not about church attendance, but there is this mindset of my life now is changed because of 
of who I follow. Amen. And everyone who becomes a disciple, their life should be changed. And one of the things that should, should change is the priority of all the things in our lives, hmm. that Jesus becomes first and, and, and foremost. He becomes preeminent to everything else. Amen. And that's what you notice in the gospels of all the disciples and the apostles and everyone in the early church in the book of Acts, when they became followers of Jesus, they gave up everything Amen. and they followed after him. Now, we still do life. We're still married. We have kids. We have jobs. But in priority and preeminence, Jesus is number one. Amen. And I believe right now that's being tested with all of this. Amen. Amen. Hey, listen, we're out of time for this episode. And so, man, this time actually flew uh, by. Uh, we want to let you know that if you are listening, you can contact us by going to shoutsofgraceradio.com and you can drop us an email or a note. And we'd love to get back to you. Louie, thank you so much, man, for joining me. Pastor Joe, thanks yeah, for joining yeah. me. We'll see you guys next time on Shouts of Grace. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.